do you make a difference? Could you be that person? Could you be one of those people that help change, help shape, and help get them back on track? What's going on? You're listening to the Live Leaderly Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Alba. Here on this show, we invite guests from all walks to share their stories about leadership, which just end up being stories about life. I ask that with the people in your life, please tell your story, listen to theirs, but in the meantime, we'll do it together here on the Live Leaderly Podcast. And joining us on the show today, former program coordinator at the Devereaux Glen Home School, Coach Michael Kirsten. Michael, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great, Darren. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're calling in from where again? We're calling in from Washington, Connecticut. Washington, Connecticut. Before I forget, I just want to congratulate you and Drew Barkowitz and everybody else and the launch of the Leaderly app. I think it's what we need, currently what we need in this environment today. Thanks so much. Appreciate having you on. To, to kick off, Michael, could you just start by sharing a little bit about your background? Yeah. So grew up youngest of seven kids in a small town, small area here. Fortunate to have great public school here. Uh, very involved in sports. Unfortunately, when I was 11, I lost my father uh, suddenly at an early age. You know, from there, you kind of you grow up a little faster in some ways. But we had a great support system with older siblings, many good friends and their parents who watched out for me and, and, and my siblings. And, and of course, my mother, who, who was tremendous in, in raising us and, and continuing on. Thankfully, is still with us, 83 years young now. Went on to college, graduated from University of Massachusetts after doing one year at Seton Hall. Was fortunate to play baseball at those programs, and which really shaped a lot of the sports being a big part of our lives and our family. Uh, really shaped a lot of things that uh, you know I would do later on, and, and learned a lot of things. Fortunate to have two beautiful girls, a fourth and a sixth grader, and my wife, who's a special ed teacher. So pretty, pretty fortunate. Lots of resilience, a lifetime, you know, involved in sports. If I could take you back to an earlier Michael, if you could compare him to the Michael of today as a leader, what, what would you highlight are the, the biggest differences then and now? Probably like most people, we, we gain wisdom as we move on, as we go older. Hope, hopefully we, we gain wisdom. If we're still making some of those mistakes at, at the older ages that we were making when we were younger, I, that's probably not a good thing. Sports, I always go back to, but in a few of the jobs I had and, and the people that ran those, whether it be management or the executive directors, you try to pick what works and, and from afar, you learn from other people. And sometimes it's not always success. It's It might be a failure or something that didn't go well and you learn from that the same way you would on the ball field. So I just think with age and being around people, I think you mature you try to use those, maybe not always reaching a level that you would like, but you try to use those experiences, those role models, whether it be parents, coaches, teachers, you know, people, like you said, that you work for in management, and then eventually kind of put it into your own concoction, whether it's raising kids or, or coaching now and, and running a youth program. I just think it's experience. I you appreciate more. And, you know, as I alluded to at the beginning, having lost my father and, you know, people sometimes would ask over the years, how'd you handle that? And, you know, I was fortunate to have people around people like Drew Barkowitz, who was like another brother and his parents, other kids, uh, parents that I grew up with, you know, to this day, I still, when I'm raising my kids and doing things, and I'm sure sometimes I fall short of this, but you revert back to watching them and what, how they handle things. So I think it's just really through observation experiences. That's kind of how I, I try to view things now. I'm just trying to 
always revert back to what seemed to be work, good situations, successes, whether it be at work, family, uh, on the ball field. Yeah, revert back to previous successes. But sometimes it just doesn't work out, right? Sometimes you fail. What do you say to someone who's maybe hesitant to get going because of that fear of failure? There's so many cliches out there, Darren. And, you know, the whole, if you don't try, then you don't know if you're going to fail, succeed. There's so many sayings and cliches out there, but most of them are true. When I started to work at Devro, I was a business major and I had some interaction with the kids during college. And all of a sudden I was asked to run that program. Now I'm dealing with mostly psych and social majors. And I think I took one psychology course. So there was, what am I getting into type thing? And the nature of the kids, we had some some very challenging kids that came, unfortunately, some from some horrific backgrounds. And it was almost a challenge. And, you know, I learned a lot from people uh, that I work with, whether it be the psychologist and, or whether it be the person I'm supervising, how they interacted. And what I would say is I think you kind of have to follow your heart. And if it's something that you can develop a passion for, or you have a passion or you think you have a passion, I think you got to go for it. And it doesn't mean you're going to be successful, but obviously you'll have the answers at the end as opposed to standing on the sideline and not trying. And I know that's easier said than done. And I think as you're, you get older, it's easier to say that. One thing I wanted to highlight from what you said was that you kind of found this passion for, for working with people, working with kids, and, but you wouldn't have found maybe that passion if you didn't have some of these experiences early on and you didn't you know, put yourself out there and, and give things a try, right? Sure. Having been around those kids during college, working part-time at the school, if I hadn't done that, I definitely, you know, again, I, I graduated with a business degree. And I certainly would not have taken that on unless I had a little bit of a comfort level. It's the old, uh, you're not going to get rich teaching and all this, but do you make a difference? Could you be that person? Could you be one of those people that help change, you know, or maybe help shape, uh, you know, a young adolescent, or we had some young kids up there and help shape them and, and help get them back on track. You know, having that first four and a half, five years of working with those kids, I always said, no matter what I do or what I did, it was going to be a great experience supervising, uh, leading, getting through the long nights. You don't always see the results with those kids. It doesn't happen overnight. They're there um, because they're not at your traditional quote unquote school. Uh, they need a little extra help. Certainly learned a lot. And I think I learned a lot about myself, like how much you can handle and can you lead people in a tough environment? It sounds like you had great lessons that you learned out of those early experiences that you've taken forward and you're you're very involved in coaching right now coach i think every sport soccer basketball baseball all of them right you've weaved a lot of these lessons into your current work now trying to uh to, to mentor and coach these kids yeah a hundred percent i'm probably with the older kids at times not as pride patient as i should be you know and i say that kind of in jest but when you work with the nature of the kids that i first worked with and then you know going out and coaching a game obviously is a little different i think those lessons that you learn can even bring on the ball field or from the ball field when I played, you know, in college as a catcher, there was four of us and only one of you is on that field. Three of you are on that bench and it's competitive and you just grind and you grind it. You know, is it all worth it? But, you know, it's the same thing with coaching younger kids and trying to instill, hey, hard work. You know, you maybe you can go out and take a hundred swings today and it, it may not pay off tomorrow, but it will pay off. You know, there's going to be times and you, you put everything into it and maybe things just don't work out, but there's two ways to go. Stand up and and keep working, keep fighting, or let someone else take your position and just be okay with it. So, 
you know, the, the sports background, as you, you can imagine, is always rewarding, you know, and, and, and now I work more with the younger kids, cliche or not, you're always teaching them, you know, with my eight, nine, 10, you know, when they come in, they say, hey, coach, how are you? And I'll, I'll tell them good and this and that. It's kind of the running joke. And I'll sit there and if they don't ask me, I'll say, well, don't you want to know how I'm doing? You know, so you're always trying to teach those little things. And then the kids that I've had seven, eight, nine years ago, I mean, it's the first thing, coach, how are you? And, you know, all those little, little things that you just try to outside the game, try to be a role model, a, a figure for them. Not just between the lines, but these interactions off the court, asking people how they're doing, things, things as simple as that. And you wouldn't think that you're imparting these big lessons, but, but you actually are. You, you mentioned a lot of trying and you might not see these results right off the bat. Try, fail, try, fail, try, fail. I think it's hard for us to reflect and look back because we don't necessarily see those things pop up later on in life that, that we've built this resilience over time. Um, but, but it's there and we just might not know it's there, right? Yeah, I, I, um, I'm 52 now and I coach. My mindset's different in some ways than it was when I was in high school or college and playing. And again, that just, I think a lot of times comes with experience. I think I saw, and I had written it down because going through the Leaderly app, and the program, you know, a tremendous program, which it seems like I'm still learning and some stuff will apply and some stuff I won't apply. And I'll take more of the stuff with the coaching. But I think it was, uh, is it Professor Alberto Alba in his little uh, blurb there talks about we become not what we learn, but what we repeat. And it's so telling because it's your every day. How, you know, do you just turn on when you go to work? Do you do, you do it around your family? You know, do I do the right thing? Do I treat my girls the same way I would treat my ball players and vice versa? Am I trying to teach them little life lessons along the way? You know, we'll watch in a ball game. And, and if my kids, they know how I like, would like to be uh, our kids that conduct themselves. So we'll watch a ball game and, and they'll see something and there might be a little over celebrating. They're like, dad, that, we don't do that. And I said, no, we don't. But we're also not in the big leagues or the NFL. So it's a little different. But, you know, you're always constantly trying to shape and help. When it goes to the leading part of it, I think it's just, again, you go to the coaches and teachers and people that you know what works. You you realize what works. I kind of like how, how they did something. But that person, I don't I don't want to be that. I don't want to – that didn't work, that style. You know, you try to – what works and take a little bit of everything, and that becomes maybe your personality, and that's what you try to press upon maybe the kids or whoever you may be leading – part of your personality. It's a, a theme of the show. It's the, it's the title, actually. It's that leadership is not this, this title or position. It's something that you live every day. It's, it's part of how you look at things and how you want to have an impact on others. And so for you, Michael, if you could think to the people who have had the, the most impact on you, in, in what ways did you see them living this leaderly life where it's, it's part of their personality, it's part of who they are? So having lost my father and my mother work, was working hard and she couldn't always come to my games, you know, I kind of leaned and our other people were supporting and parents. It might be just giving rides. Like now people ask me, coach can have a ride and sorry. And I would always tell them, listen, I leaned on people and one parent, it was giving rides and making sure that kid had the opportunity to go there. And the people that are around us, my high school coaches, uh, we were very fortunate. Those are those people. You know, I went to Seton Hall for a year with, had a, a coach by the name of Mike Shepard, who was a legendary coach there, turned out big leaguers. And he was an ex-Marine, and that's really how he ran the show. My older brother had played there a few years earlier, so I was prepared for it. And it didn't really phase me. He wasn't for everybody, but I respected him. And then when I transferred, I played for another gentleman 
uh, Mike Stone, who was, was somewhat the opposite. Coach Stone I had for three years, and we had a good program there at the time. He never, I never heard the guy swear once in three years. Never, never cursed at anybody, never cursed at an umpire. You see that, and, and now as an official, I, I ref, and I ref some fairly high-level prep games in public school, and there's guys and coaches and girls that have success, and, and they conduct themselves a certain way, and they prove that, hey, we can do it. You don't necessarily have to be over the top. It's not to knock people that might be a little overexcited that do have success, but you see that it can be done a certain way. And like I said, I think as I coach now, I often think back to certain situations and coaches as my role models. Sometimes I can't remember what I did yesterday, but I can remember 30 years ago and certain conversations and advice and, and, and just observing people that you knew were successful. I have, I have a good friend um, who was a West Point grad, uh, Stephen Reich, Major Stephen Reich. And unfortunately, he was killed in Operation Red Wings. And, and from that was the lone survivor story. Steven was a very good pitcher. And uh, the team room up at West Point, right behind home plate, is named after him and in his honor. You know, people ask me, we give an award out every year uh, at our high school, the Thursday morning before Memorial Day. And it's a great opportunity to keep his spirit alive, but it's also to educate the kids on really what the true meaning of Memorial Day is. When people ask, and we've been doing this now, I guess it's 18 now, I guess 2005, most people that attend now didn't know who he was. And I had the good fortune to play with him since the league. And we played soccer, basketball, and baseball together. And I was his catcher. He was a pitcher. And, uh, you know, they ask and they see the video and, and they hear the story. And I said, he was, that was him in high school. He was a kind of more of a quiet leader. Usually as the senior, you, you're the leader, um, but I learned from him how he went about his business. You know, it was good old-fashioned hard work, and he went out there and did his job. He never pumped his chest, uh, which doesn't surprise me why, how he ended up at West Point. You know, it's, it's refreshing when I, I've gone up there recently. We were there for the UConn game, and, and I don't mean to embarrass you here, but it's just, you know, you walk around there and the respect, and everybody calls you sir, and it's just such an impressive place. I think we missed that a little bit in today's. I think we've lost our way a little bit to today's society. And I don't know if it's you know, the social media, the, the the phones, and we're so caught up in what's on that electronic. You know, that's why it's important. I think what what Drew and, and your entire team is doing with the Leaderly app could really be something uh, great for the, the next generation. We spend our time looking at our phones, so might as well make something more positive out of it. Like you know, make ourselves better rather than rather than the opposite direction. For for you, Michael, um, everyone kind of has a, I don't know, a, a routine or a recipe of, of success for them when it comes to developing themselves and trying to make themselves better. So in that recipe, what are what are Michael's ingredients? What do you do on a, a weekly, daily basis? Well, I, I, one of the things, and it may seem, I don't know if this is maybe an answer that people think, I, I think your health, think trying to stay in pretty good health, I think your mindset, I know over the years, if, you know, if you have a bad game and, and your team doesn't win, you know, I'd coach high school ball for 15 years and then did travel where we went from Pennsylvania all the way up to Boston. There'd be times I'd, I'd, we'd come off a tough loss and I'd go for a run. I figured I'd go get a run in before I go home. <laughs> but, you know, I think just your health, whether it's physical exercise or whatever it may be, your mental and trying to have that. I think if you have that, I think that, I think that's the patience at home, which I'm sure there's times, you know, we all don't have the patience when we're raising our kids or, or out of the team. If you have that health. And then I think, you know, the second thing is the passion. I think whether, whatever the passion may be, 
you know, whether you're a business, a finance, uh, you know, medical field, whatever your passion is, if you can develop that passion. And again, it probably sounds a little cliche, but I think you got to love something. You got to love being around certain things, certain people. If you can get develop that passion, that will make you work harder and that will make you want to do the right things. And, and when you're around those people, again, I always, I'm very involved with the sports. So it's easy for me to go to sports, but I, I think you can use those anywhere. You know, I think when I was in that position right out of college, working with those kids, one of the mindsets I always had was, uh, and it was an older commercial. I know I'm older than you, but it was, it was a deodorant commercial. It was, I can't remember which one. Basically the phrase was never let them see a sweat. Even when things are tight, tough, you know, fly under the radar. And I used to think of that, no matter how tough those nights got, no matter how hard it is on the ball field, whether you're playing, no matter how tough it can be and that game's not going, you know, if your kids see you not handling the moment and handling the adversity, they're going to, they're going to feed off that. It's easy to, to do it when things are going well and you're winning, right? It's easy to win, but can you lose with grace and, and deal with the adversity? I like that. Never let them see us wet. I'll have to look up which deodorant coined that one. Uh, but we're about to wrap up here. Kind of another theme to the show, and I'll, I'll let you close out with this question, Mike, is can anyone learn to lead? Yeah. You know, one of Drew's, we had a similar coach, Coach Ted Alex, and he talks about Coach Alex way back in, and uh, I'm going to sell Drew out a little bit, but back in the early 80s when he was playing high school ball, he was a sex, successful high school coach. And, and one of the things that Drew remembers him talking about is, is anybody can lead. And, uh, you know, you hear the phrases about, oh, he's a natural leader and, and he was born to lead. And, and sure, there's truth to that. But I think, you know, to his point, anybody can lead. Not everybody wants to lead. You know, um, some people shy away from it, which is fine. But I think if you think you can lead some people or lead by example, you know, you need good leaders out there. And I think, you know, to the point of this app and this whole program and curriculum that they have out, and I, I'm s- certainly navigating through it and I'm trying to unwrap it i think it's 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 a great concept great idea and again i i applaud everybody behind it um because i think it's really what we need and it's not just for the adults in this world but i think for the next generation i think it's just a positive so i certainly wish everybody and and wish you all well and and again thank you for everything you've done and and your service to this country thanks mike so find your passions go for it never let them see you sweat make your own concoction out of all of it Thanks again for joining us, Mike. And for those listening, thanks for joining us here on the Live Weedily Podcast.